Welcome to Make It Plain from Make Plain Jesus Ministries featuring Pastor James Bryan, where we take biblical truths in everyday situations and break them down to be as plain as possible. So, stay tuned and enjoy the broadcast. Well, welcome everybody to the latest episode of Make It Plain. I'm your host, James Bryan, and I'm excited to be here with you as we're able to just share some more truths and spend some more time together. And I hope you're excited to also just hear these little nuggets that hopefully you've been using over the past number of episodes that we've been sharing. I hope that you've been putting them to use and and being able to share some of them with other folks that you come across. You see, the great things about giving nuggets like this is that it begins to initiate thought not only in the topic area that we're sharing, but it also helps you to think even broader about other ways to apply these truths and other truths that are related. And so hopefully in the, in the period of time of applying these truths, it begins to make your life better and so that you can have a more fulfilling life, an enjoyable one, as God has intended it to be. And so as we are going through and discussing these topics, I want you to get engaged. And whether you're driving, whether you're sitting at home, whether you're at work on a break or, or what have you, I, I hope these things are being used to help you uh, just enjoy life a lot better. And so today I want to focus on a topic that may have crossed your mind. And, and depending on where you are in your stage of life, you may have thought about this or you may be dealing with it in some way, way shape, or form. And so I want to talk to you about this topic that's called, Don't Forget Who Got You There. Don't forget who got you there. Now, I know based on the title, you probably have some idea of what we're going to talk about. And, and that's okay. And this, this is going to be good. Almost as if you're sitting here with me and going over these, these same topics. We, we want to make sure that that you know, you are engaged in this. And when I think about this topic, it, the first thing that came to mind when, when this was one of the topics that uh, um, I felt like we needed to share, I thought about the game called King of the Hill. I don't know if you have ever played that game. I know I did at times when I was younger. And I don't know if people play it as much now, simply because most people are on electronics. And not outside as much, but if you've never heard of it or if you've never played, it's very simple. And I give it to you in these simplistic terms. The way we played it was you had a hill, you had a bunch of kids, and everybody had to wrestle to get to the top of the hill while somebody else is pulling them down and someone else is trying to get around. And whoever gets to the top yells, king of the hill, meaning that they won, they got there first, they own it. And so it was kind of a fun game. You know, sometimes you get overly competitive and people get upset with each other. But most of the time, it was just fun. And, and you may do it a few times in a row. And so this whole concept of going over each other and getting to the top is something that we experience in our adult life on a regular basis. You may say, what do you mean? I, I don't play that game. I, I don't do that. But when you think about how people ascend to the top of their organization, whatever that organization is, whether it's a business, like a 
for-profit business, whether it's a non-profit business, whether it's a ministry, um, you name the organization, there is some level of increase to the top. And sometimes people act as though they're playing king of the hill where they're literally pulling someone else down to their detriment so that they can go above them and get to the top and declare they're the king. And so we see this on a regular basis. But one of the things that we have to make sure that these figurative kings realize something, and I'm saying it whether it's a king or a queen, but I want you to realize something. Anyone who is in charge of an organization, anyone that's in charge of an organization of any size, they didn't get there, nor are they able to keep it running by themselves. Let me, let me share a couple of examples. And I, I want to get to a couple of areas here that I want to you know, keenly focus on um, before we're finished our time. If you look at some of the most well-known organizations that are out there, tech companies or other companies, they all have some type of CEO or president or both, and, and, and they have different duties and all that are assigned to them, but they're at the top. But it took a while for them to get there. And they had to outperform, outshine, outmaneuver, and all these other things to get to this level. And in order for them to even go from level to level, they had to make sure they performed. And their performance, to a degree, was based on the folks that worked for them at that level. And it just kept going up higher and higher. And so in the end, they get all the accolades about being the one in charge, and they've done this, and they've done that. But the truth is, if it wasn't for the rest of the folks in the organization, they could not be successful. If it wasn't for the folks that were doing the, the work and the, the, the other jobs that are a part of keeping the organization running, those individuals couldn't be successful. You see, most of the things that we do in life truly do depend on other people. And they depend on the other folks doing what they do, and eventually someone rises and are, are able to take the title of being the one in charge. But truly, without the other folks, their title would mean nothing. And so we have to remember that as we grow in responsibility, as we grow in our, our levels of position, that we have to remember and acknowledge the others who have helped get you there and those others who are keeping things going for you. So within an organization, the best bosses or the best executives are those that continually acknowledge the good work and things that the other folks in their departments are doing. The best bosses are those that, that are considering themselves a great executive would be able to at least show their face in front of some of the, the members of the organization to the best of their ability so they can at least let them know that they are cared for and they are their work is appreciated. You don't have to go and award every single person that everybody gets a prize all the time, but showing sincere appreciation for what they're doing and what they've done goes a long way. It gets to the point where people realize that, yeah, I may be doing a lot of work that is, is grunt work and it's a lot of, of, of 
um, effort from my perspective and my team's perspective. But overall, we are, are an important cog or important part in this whole organization that keeps everything going. When people understand that appreciation and they know how their work is impacting it, they're usually much better employees, much better folks to be around, and they're able to just continually want to come to work and want to be able to do the things that are necessary. The same is true in ministry. Too often people get caught, some caught up in their titles that they feel like that they don't need to be able to associate with other folks that are in ministry. They feel like they're above them. And that's not how it was attended. That's not how Jesus wanted it. And so, or wants it even now. And so we have to understand that there's a great scripture that says in general, and I'm going to paraphrase it just for the ease of understanding, that says no one gets in power unless God allows it. Think about that. No one gets in power unless God allows it. And so that tells me that we don't get there based on our own merit. It's because of grace that we get there. And so we have to always remember to acknowledge the folks that are, are there supporting that same vision, those folks that are there doing the other aspects of, of the work or requirements that you can't or shouldn't do because of your new title. Always remember to spend time and, and show that appreciation and give thanks for what they're doing and even honor them for what they're doing, especially if you're a ministry of some type. You may ask why. Well, the reason is most ministries have a lot of volunteers. There are a lot of people putting their sweat equity, their time, you know, everything else into it. And they don't really have to, but yet they choose to. And because they choose to, you as a leader should be very much involved in saying thank you and speaking with them and encouraging them and growing them. These things are very important when we want to talk about remember who got us there, you know, that we don't want to forget about that. We want to remember them. We don't want to forget who got us there. We want to remember them. And so even if I take it back a little bit further, let me ask you this. Have you thought about who really got you to where you are right now? Have you thought about if it wasn't for person A or B or C, that maybe you wouldn't have achieved what you've achieved thus far in life? And for many people, that goes back to sacrifices of parents or grandparents or relatives. Where maybe they could go and do something else with their finances or their time, but they chose to spend it with you. Or maybe it's a, a teacher that took the extra time and said and took you under their wing, if you will, and began to take time to instruct you, to give you more insight into how things really work and, and how this subject matter that he's trying to teach you in the class needs to be absorbed. It's those special moments and those special efforts that are given that we need to remember. And not be so caught up in ourselves about who we think we are, about how great we think we are, or any of that. We need to really begin to think about, well, 
who are those people that really played pivotal, pivotal roles in my life? Who are those ones that kind of catapult me from one level to the next? Who are the ones that believed in me that, you know, when no one else did, they still did? Ask yourself those questions. We always have to remember that. And don't forget about those who got you where you are. So what do you do in that case? And, and, and what do you do for those folks? You definitely have to remember them. You have to encourage them. And shortly, I'm going to give you just a, a handful of more, or maybe a few more examples about how you're able to acknowledge those folks beyond the ones that I've mentioned already. But before I do that, there's another category of folks that I really want to just focus on for a minute. And this is important, not that the other isn't, but this is very important. One of the things that I, I've heard in my conversations and speaking with folks and both relatives and, and just other folks that aren't related in any way, shape or form are the folks that are advancing in age and and how basically after a certain point, they're kind of pushed to the side or they're pushed in some type of home or they're pushed somewhere out of the way so that everybody else can live their life and, and do what they're doing. But I want to tell you something, and it's very important for us to think about this. If it wasn't for those folks that are advancing in age, many of us would never have gotten to where we are. If it wasn't for those folks who are now advancing in age, we may not have learned how to properly catch a ball or, or, or play a, a certain sport or how to do certain type of work or hobbies or how to think through problems. If it wasn't for those folks who put their time and effort in and sacrificing so that we could have uh, what we do have, we would never be there. And we have to begin to show appreciation to that population, those that are getting elderly and those that are just advancing in years. We need to remember that. And I know some people say, well, they always have these stories and all of their stories are very involved and, and they always want to talk about those things. And that may be true, but here's the other thing. There's wisdom in what they're saying. And there's wisdom that we can receive and apply to our life. It may be different environments that we're in, but those wisdom points, if you listen carefully, there are things that you can take from their memories and experiences in those conversations that we can apply to dealing with people, to dealing with the market, to dealing with ministry and, and more people or, or whatever it may be, dealing with family. And you look at that and realize this was good. This was good. And so we have to begin to show more respect because instead of pushing them to the side, give them a purpose, get them involved, let them give you some insight, let them help to the extent they can help, but give them something that's purposeful because they still have value. And we have to think about that in everything that we do. There's a part in Proverbs where it says, listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. Listen to advice and accept instruction. That's what they try to do. I've spoken with a number of folks that were World War II vets, and they had this common 
I want to say concern or complaint, if you will. And their, their, their statement went something like this. Nobody wants to hear about what happened and what I went through and what the nation went through back then. No one wants to remember the contributions that we made. No one cares about what happened then, even though if we didn't win, their lives would be so much different than it is right now. It's those things, those points of wisdom that a lot of the folks that have gone through major events want to share with other folks so that potentially they don't have to go through the same events. That's what we need to take time in our busy schedules to slow down and, and just talk to some of the folks that have been through so much. That doesn't mean that you have to agree with 100%, but in every one of those conversations, there's a lot of wisdom. There's a gentleman that I've worked with, and he's in his late 70s and all, still working and doing some things. And every time I come across his path, he just starts talking about things that have happened over time, how people were, and so on. And what I learned to do was listen. He liked the fact that somebody would listen. He has a lot that he wanted to share, which was good. Sometimes I was wondering, what are you talking about? But then we would get more into the conversation. But I would listen because out of every conversation, there is some nugget of wisdom that I could take and or there's some knowledge that I just never knew, period. Just, just truths or facts about certain things that occurred in the past. And I learned over time to be patient to allot a certain amount of time to be able to have those conversations. It helps you have a more well-rounded type of um, personality and other interests. It also helps you when you are talking to folks you don't know and networking, you're trying to strike up conversation. You got a well of information there. But it helps both you and the, the person, you know, because they're able to share and someone listens. And that's what's very important. So I've learned over time that there's wisdom to be gained and that I can be using it in the future. So we need to, we need to make sure that, that we listen. There's one other thing in Leviticus that I, I saw at 19 and 32, but just so you know. Um, it just basically says, you shall stand up before the gray head and honor the face of an old man, and you shall fear the Lord your God. I am the Lord. In other words, he's saying respect them, stand up, respect them about what they're doing and what they're saying because they have so much to give. We just need to take that to heart. So as promised, there's some things that you should potentially do, whether you're talking about a senior citizen, whether you're talking about those that work for you in an organization, whether it's for profit or not for profit in ministry. There's some things that you should consider doing in order to make your relationship with them well, and then also to make sure they know how much you appreciate them so that you don't forget who got you there. So one, number one, express gratitude to them. You don't have to go through and say, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, 12 times a day. But you should also just say, hey, thanks for doing this. Oh, I appreciate that. That's a good idea. I like that. Thanks for contributing expressing gratitude for what they've done. 
maybe at a certain time in the gathering when you talk to the whole team, you want to thank them for their part in success of the organization that you now run. And so expressing gratitude is great. Number two, just communicate regularly and clearly. This goes to no matter who it is, whether you're talking to your seniors, whether you're talking to your employees or other folks, whoever it may be, even customers. Just communicate regularly and clearly so they understand what's coming, what's happening. And because you're communicating regularly, that shows them that you care enough and count them as one that's in the loop and they have value. And so when you do that, that helps out tremendously. You also have to realize that as you're communicating, they may communicate back to you. And even if you don't do all the things that they're suggesting, at least acknowledge that you received it and you thank them for their input. But at least they feel like they're a part of the whole organization. The third thing you should do is celebrate achievements. One of the things I like to do is, even though I work with certain folks a lot, if I know they're about to have a baby or they had a baby or or um, they became a U.S. citizen or, or they just got a degree or the list goes on and on, we'll celebrate. That doesn't mean a party, but we'll say congratulations or we may send out a congratulatory note or, or I'll walk by and speak with them directly and say, good job, I'm proud of you. I'm glad you're able to do such and such. And then I'll ask, how's the family? And I'll ask from the standpoint of, not just to say it, but, you know, I don't want to get in all their personal business, but I do care about their well-being. So I will ask. These are things that help in those situations, especially if you're in ministry and you have all these volunteers. You want to make sure that, that you're engaged in them, not superficially, but that you really do care. And so when you do that, people feel that warmth and that, and that caring that happens. The next thing that you should consider is provide opportunities for them to grow and do more. Or if they decide they don't want to do more, then do things that 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 empower them, if you will, to do their current job or assignment well. I have two more I want to share with you. One is just remember them. Just remember them at odd times. And even if there isn't something to celebrate per se, it's just contact them. Just say, hey, uh, just thinking about you. I just want to make sure things are going well. Or, hey, I remember that that story that you told me about um, in the 1950s that such and such happened. What about X, Y, and Z? Were you there? You know, you're letting them know that you remember and you're involved in that. Or you can talk about, I remember that you worked for this organization around the year 2000 and you went through all of these changes. So tell me about a certain aspect of it, because I, I might be able to apply some of that to my life. You see what I mean? These types of things are beneficial. These types of things will help you not forget who got you there. And in addition, it would inspire them because now they're a part of a solution, potentially, part of the conversation, and letting them know that you care. Another one that I just want to share with you, and, and I'm sure you have a lot more that you can add to this list, and I would welcome you sending it, but maybe you should send cards or 
maybe something on Facebook to them. You see, especially for the those that are becoming older seniors, they like cards. A lot of them do. Because you're taking the time out to get a card and then to write something in it and then to mail it. It's a it's a great thing to do. I know a lot of people say it's not the same. I mean, you don't need it as much. You can just send a text or something. I would tell you for a lot of folks, getting a card is just something different about it. It's not the same as a text. The texts are great. But getting a card, you took time to think about them. And so you can think about those things to kind of help them in their relationship with you and letting them know that you didn't forget that they are an important part of your success, that they are so important that you really couldn't be successful without them. And that also humbles us or whoever is the leader because that lets us realize that we are working for more than just ourselves. But we're working for something and other folks, something good and other folks that are believing in the, in the cause that you're, you're all driving toward. Whether it's to be the number one auto dealer in the state or whether it is to be the number one airlines in the country or whatever it might be. And so it's in those opportunities that we are able to reach out with humility, if you will, and let everybody know that they're a part of your journey and they played a very integral part in your success. So think about it for a minute. Think about these things. If you have other aspects to contribute, I would love to hear from you. Just reach out to us and just send us a note there. You can send it to us and just let us know that, that you agree and that this is something that has really been on your heart also. Until next time, I hope you have a, a great day, a great week, and keep listening out for the next episode of Make It Plain.